Welcome to another edition of Practitioner Radio, Pink Elephant's podcast for the IT management community. listening to this podcast. This is George Spalding, Executive Vice President of Pink Elephant. And with me today, as always, is another Vice President from Pink Elephant. He's the Vice Vice President, Troy Dumoulin. Hello, Troy. Hey, George. Vice President Club, is it? <laughs> vice President's Club. Exactly. That's what it is. It's the Vice Club. Hey, that's okay, a well, good idea. Yeah, that's a bit different. The vi- <laughs> I'm not sure we should go I there. Like that. Hey, there's another guy laughing here, and that's Rob England. Now, Rob is coming to us today from Two Hills, New Zealand, which is where Rob lives. And uh, Rob has been a friend of Pink for years and currently is the producer of the Pink Think Tank. And I'll let uh, Rob, hello, say hi, Rob. G'day, g'day, how are you all? <laughs> g'day, g'day, how are you all? Okay, Rob, here's your test for the, uh, here's your test for American. How, what is the plural of y'all? Y'all is a collective noun. Yeah, well, see, that's, see, you don't know enough American. Because the plural <laughs> of y'all is all y'all. Oh, my oh, gosh. <laughs> I would not have known that. <laughs> of course, that, that makes that's sense. The, that's the plural. Anyway, so um, so today's topic is uh, we're going to talk about the pink think tank, what it is a little bit, and then what we did with it. It's been in existence for a couple of years now as part of our big conference, Pink 15, Pink 14. And this year's topic that we, that we all got together, I wasn't part of it, which is good, um, was IT governance. And uh, I'm going to let I'm going to let Troy and Rob take it from there and tell you about the pink think tank and what it is and what a process. And then we'll start talking about IT governance, which is really a fascinating topic. Well, I think I'll defer to the producer, uh, Mr. Rob here. I was going to say, so let's let's well, we can talk about the, the premise of the thing, because I think it. One of the, we should, just to set up actually, the, the pink think tank, the intent of the tank is to talk about whatever's the most, what we think is one of the most burning issues facing IT today. So it's not so much about prognosticating into the future as it is about finding tan- <laughs> tangible and actionable um, uh, things that w- we can deal with today and, and come up with real actionable advice. And so we get a bunch of thinkers in a room and 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 talk about this and and we have we can talk some other time about how we select these people but we get a bunch of people in a room at the las vegas conference in february every year and so yeah this year we talked about it governance because we thought that we always talk about governance of it but when you actually go to look for it it appears to be as troy put it missing in action and and this absence of it uh, is is one of the most burning and pressing issues facing IT at the moment today. In fact, Rob, I'll go as far as to say that if you ask five IT professionals how will you define IT governance, they'd give you about seven and a half answers, if not more. Yeah. So there's an issue around understanding what it is, and there's a real issue around the fact that it's just not happening. And I, I would say that a lot of the problems we talk about in IT, you know, people say, oh, no, no, this other thing is a more burning issue in IT. 
But I think that for a lot of those things that people get all agitated about, like, say, BYOD or, or, or DevOps or something, you know, this is the big issue. Quite often, I think the actual root cause of those issues, if you dig down, is an absence of governance of IT, which is generating all these other symptoms. Guys, I'm going to ask the question. What is IT governance? <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is because we debated this so much, didn't we, Troy? We do. We did. And uh, I <laughs> we do did, have... We do. <laughs> <laughs> it's an active, <laughs> ongoing, but I do have my own view on what it is simply, because that's my role is to take the complex and make it simple. Your Honor, can I have permission to treat the, the witness as hostile? I'm not getting an answer. <laughs> answer the question. I will give you my answer. And then, Rob, you can defer or you can uh, come up with a different one. But the reality is, for me, governance is, is equal to, in, in a way, parenting. I use that as an analogy some authority figure which has accountability for an overall objective and a bigger picture establishes what good looks like and basically sets direction and policy for the people they have oversight on, what they need to focus on, and then monitors over time that that's being done. They set a strategic direction to achieve goals. That is, in my, my world, what governance is. That's not how many people would define governance, though. That's a problem. Rob, how would you define governance? Well, actually, I agree with, with that wholeheartedly so far. In fact, um, I sort of take that analogy being slightly more abrasive coming from the center of the planet than you polite North Americans. Um, I uh, uh, did a paper a while back on how I, uh, businesses have failed IT like a bad parent and talk about the absence of governance as being like allowing a teenager to run wild. And Latchkey kids. Yeah, exactly. So I agree with the analogy. The, and in fact, we do agree on what governance is. I think that the, the heated debate comes in terms of where it happens in the organization. So the, there's a standard called ISO 38500. I'm interrupting. I'm interrupting. So, okay, so let me, I'm, I'm going to play the dumb guy here, which isn't too much of a stretch. So what you're really saying is that that governance, therefore, or that IT governance must have and must come from above. Yes. Some other power than IT. Is that correct? Yes. But also, I think Troy would say that within IT, it recurses down through the management structure. Is that a fair statement, Troy? It's a fair statement, and you were going to go there until rudely interrupted. So start where you were going to go, and then we'll come back Excuse to the re recursive situation. No, but I think that's I think that's no. George has made a good point. You know, governance is done to you, and no matter how we debate where it appears in the organization, that is still a fundamental that governance is done to you, not, you know, that, that if, you, if you are governing, you're governing someone else. And ultimately, governance of IT comes from outside IT. So the ISO 38500 standard, which is the standard for corporate governance of IT, um, we were lucky enough to have the person who chaired the committee who created that standard as one of our think tank, Alison Holt, and that standard is very focused on that externality. It's focused on what governance of IT from outside IT looks like. 
you know, that it comes down on a, from above to IT. But then whether I think the, the debate and the discussion went on was about what that looks like within IT, whether that governance then does cascade and, and, and recurse down through the layers of management in the organization. So they're all governing the lower below layer below them as well as managing or whether it's a thing that just happens at the top. Is that a fair summation, Troy? It is, and let me give you a couple of examples now. So it all begins with the 38500 premise that there's three active steps in governing. Uh, the first one is to evaluate your current state against a reference model of where you want to be in the future. So someone has, for sake of grins and giggles here, decided we want to look like that when we grow up. We've defined what good looks like, a future reference model has been identified, and we do kind of a self-reflection activity on that reference model. Then, because life is too short and we have to prioritize resources, we can't drink this ocean all at the same time, then I'm going to prioritize, that's the direct component of the model, evaluate direct, my management team or the people that I'm governing to focus on priorities. I do this every day as a manager. They go off and they do the task according to the parent saying, here's what we're focusing on today. They then report back on progress and I'm monitoring at a macro level the overall directives because I'm going to go through this cycle one more time at some point in my planning process and do the whole evaluate direct monitor based on where I'm currently standing against that reference model or if that reference model has to now modify uh, based on you know new agents in our universe. But the reality is this evaluate direct monitor is the basic process of governing. Now the premise of this is there's multiple models because you could have board level governance uh, you know, from the board of directors, which is down to the enterprise business organization, evaluate direct monitor. Then the CEO with her direct reports then says, all right, across all the business units, here's the overall objectives directs each of the business units relative to the objectives. They go off and you know task out those activities. She's monitoring. Now the CIO, one of the people under the CEO, is then taking his enterprise view, which is inclusive of not just the internal um, organization, but any third parties that they have included in their value chain. And it's also important to understand that enterprise is not necessarily just the function of what people call IT, but it's where all IT assets resides, which could be outside of the CIO's purview. That's enterprise IT, the resource, not the function. Right? There's this evaluate direct monitor down. Now I've got the project portfolio being governed. I've got service management as a frame of reference being governed. I have architecture being governed. Each of those has an, is a lead, an owner, which then goes down to you know some level. So we have this recursive structure of evaluate direct monitor, the key is each taking guidance from the above position because in the bigger scheme of things, we all report to a higher authority and I could get metaphysics, metaphysical on you. Now, the, the, the challenge that, that, that I have with that and we debated extensively is that if you go too far down, then at some level, it starts to become absurd that you have the janitor governing the waste paper baskets as I <laughs> trivialized it, right? So, you know, the further down the structure you get, the less it looks like governance and the more it looks like management. And there's this gray area somewhere 
And distinguishing between what governors do and what managers do, I think, is one of the challenges of the model. I'm, well, I'm a little confused. Well, I'm not confused as much as I am. So assuming I, I heard you, I heard Troy go through and I heard you talk about the 38500. So that's a how to do governance is what I heard, a process, a how to do governance. Now, when you take a look at other, the other frameworks that, of course, you and I are all familiar with, ITIL, COVID, things like that, they provide us a lot of what we need, we need to do. A lot of, here's a process, you really should do that. Here's another one, you should do that. Here's another one, you should do that. Oh, by the way, here's, here's 80% of everything you need to know about that process, all that stuff. So in other words, given that people, including boards and corporate executives, are inherently lazy, is there a governance framework that would, in essence, tell them what to do? Yes, in a context of just enough information to direct. And there are different ones at different levels. And I'll, and I'll, I'll stop that at the, at the IT perspective. The business enterprise often uses something called COSO, Committee of Sponsoring Organizations, COSO, as a governance framework or reference model for what does governance uh, encompass at the business level. At an IT level, we have COBIT, which is a governance framework, not a management framework, which is different than the things you just referenced like ITIL or TOGAF or whatever. A governance framework has just enough information, literally it's thinner, uh, to basically say, what does good look like? How would I measure it? And how would I know if I actually achieved it or not? Or how could I reference where I am? So the content you need for governance is just a descriptor of what good looks like. And then from that point, you need to actually execute on fulfilling it. So COBIT would say, okay, good project management looks like this. And it's literally got about three pages maximum in table format about what project management looks like. But then you'd have to go off and get a management framework like the PRINCE2 uh, or the, the PMBOK from PMI to execute on it. The same thing would apply to change management in respect to ITIL change management or organizational change management. There are different frameworks for that. But uh, there is this issue of how far down you go before you call it management. So uh, COVID it tends more towards the ISO 38500 view of the world. I mean, it, it, so when you ask about the processes, George, at the highest level, Troy talked about evaluate, direct and monitor EDM. That's analogous to plan, do, check, act, I think, right? It's a, it's a similar sort of cycle of approach. So it's not strictly speaking the processes you do. If you look at COVID, then the highest level governance pro processes that COVID talks about are uh, ensuring that there is a governance framework. So that's one Make it process that goes on. <laughs> yeah, so that's sort of like the meta process, right, if you like, to say make sure there's process. And then it talks about benefits delivery, risk optimization, and resource optimization. Okay. And there's this troika that, that COVID focuses on for governance a lot, which is benefits, risk, and resource. So it says that your highest level governors are setting policy, are directing on benefits, risk, and resource, and they're monitoring on those, uh, in, you know, in a, in a control cycle to make sure that they're getting the benefits they want, the risk that they want, and the resource 
utilization that they want. And then the other practice that it talks about for governance is stakeholder transparency, right, which is making sure that, you know, the, the information flows. So those, those are what it labels the governance processes. And then there's all these other processes which it calls management. But, you know, I don't actually disagree with Troy. We've, we've debated about this a lot, that governance does recurse down into those levels so that someone managing a portfolio of projects will set policy around projects and, and direct. But, you know, we need to distinguish between direct as in this is the guidance, this is the policy I give to you as a governor and decision-making and, and tell. So direct doesn't mean tell people, go and buy that company or or tell people, go and get us a new SAM. That's management. That's telling people. Direct is to say, these are the rules, the bounds, the policy within which we operate. But, <laughs> and it's a big but, most organizations stop at policy. Uh, and that's a problem because that means governance is too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. There are actually seven enablers that have to be governed. Policy is one, setting policy, absolutely. But you also have to establish, and I won't go all through seven enablers, but COVID talks about that there are specific processes that should exist. And whether they exist or not is a governance question. Uh, that there's structure that needs to be in place to support those processes. Uh, that there is a, a policy and um, detail around information that has to be considered. And it talks about seven enablers. Most organizations, if they're going to govern, will simply stop at policy and it's too generic. Yeah, so those, those are things like have policy, have processes, have people, have information. Yeah, they're those sort of, as you say, enablers of practices. I think it's worthwhile to say, in a nutshell, what is governance? You know, what are some of the pithy sort of epithets? And I always like the one that governance is making sure that managers do the right thing. I mean, it even goes over culture. Like you would govern culture you would ex you would define what good culture looks like and you know make sure you get there that's something that we i think is very critical if your culture doesn't match your policy then you have a problem gentlemen you're you're both highly intelligent which is kind of scary so i want you to answer me this please why is this not a slam dunk if if you both agree and we have an ISO standard, which you both agree with, then why isn't IT governance just done? I mean, why isn't it more like incident management? I mean, you know, it's it's just it doesn't sound that complicated. It doesn't sound that weird or hard or vague. Why is it such a big deal? So to come back to our question, why is it missing in action? We have departmental and silo-based government governance government, governance, very similar. We very rarely will see an ecosystem level governance around the IT resource beyond specific infrastructure or development groups, each governing themselves as one island, city-state versus an empire. Siloed? Siloed. Just basically like management becomes siloed and decision-making becomes siloed and there's no over overall guidance, there's no overall governance is what you're telling me. Well, let me give you an example. The paper that's coming out this week in uh, the newsletter uh, is is talking about using analogies like, well, one is a musical analogy. 
where you go out and you hire the best possible talent for every part of your orchestra. You buy, you know, because there's no, no no issue of budget or constraint on resource. You go hire the best winds, the best percussion uh, in section, and you buy the best talent. In fact, they've even done this piece of music before that you've worked on. But then you basically say, okay, each of you knows your own part, and then play, and that's all that's given as direction. There's no orchestration of the parts together. Uh, another example I give in the paper is the historical context of the Roman Empire. You know, the Roman Empire was made of a 25 very disparate, very unique domains, provinces, but they also were part of a greater whole, and they had a Senate that would speak to setting policy in Roman roads, literally, that would span the empire, but they would also allow and define where areas of variance should occur on purpose. So this premise of being empire versus Byzantine or Gaul, you know, different domains or regions, was about being we the people. In IT, there's no we the people, especially when we talk about outside of the traditional IT, whatever it's called, IT function. Yeah. Um, so actually, I'll just quickly jump back for a moment and say, uh, one of the outputs of the, of the Pink Think Tank is that we produce content to describe what it was we thought about. And there are four white papers coming out. So the paper that Troy alluded to is the first of those four white papers, which is coming out in the Pink Link newsletter. And we'll be tweeting links to all of that. And it'll be in the show notes, I'm sure. So yeah, we're producing these white papers outputs. So that was the paper Troy was talking about. Um, so yeah, the key thing or another analogy, Troy, I think, is a sort of like a capstone on top. So, you know, when I did the paper about bad parenting, I think that governance within IT is done. Well, let's not talk about whether it's done greatly or not, but it does happen that managers do direct, monitor and evaluate their particular area of responsibility. But when you look outside of IT to that highest level of governance, the governance of IT, I always say the most important word in that 38500 standard corporate governance of IT is the word of. It's done to IT, ultimately. And that's the piece that most often, I think, and most fundamentally is missing. Uh, because you know, Troy talks about the board governing the executive that governs IT. That's not completely true. So the board has a responsibility to have portfolios for the key resources of the organization. The board has a responsibility to understand HR and to be setting policy for HR, even policy to the, to the executive of the organization. And the board has always traditionally taken a deep interest in finance. But if you look at the board's interest in IT as a broad sweeping generalization over history, lots of boards have gone, oh, I don't understand IT, it's black magic, I'll leave that to the CIO. And they've taken a real hands-off approach to governing IT just like that, exactly like they haven't done with finance. You wouldn't hear a board member say, I don't understand anything about money, I'll leave that to the CFO. But, but they're willing to do the same thing with a resource as fundamental as the information and information technology of their organisation. And that's the piece I think that's really, really broken and missing is that high, is the capstone, it's the highest level gov external governance of IT by the board and by the executive. Um, that's what's missing, and we're sort of floating adrift as as a as a sector, as an industry, as a function within the organisation. I agree that's missing, but also the we, the people at the enterprise IT function, which is inclusive of third party suppliers and cloud, because that's only an example of a third party, is also missing. It's broken in two places. Yeah, I buy that. So you got governance happening at the business level, 
Uh, you've got governance happening at the domain level within IT, governance of projects, governance of surface management, governance of architecture, but you're missing the two macro governance layers. And that's a symptomatic thing, right? I think if the board was taking an active interest in IT, that would also drive a better focus at the enterprise level of IT. Because what you're talking about, Troy, that missing enterprise governance of IT, the, the IT everywhere it occurs in the business, not just within the IT function or department, is because the governors are not saying, tell me about IT across the whole organization. Yeah, there's another problem, is that governance is a dirty word for most people because of this oversight premise. People don't like having big brother. They think governance, they think big brother. They think of Orwellian situation. Uh, they think compliance. They think audit versus strategic planning and enablement of business objectives. Give me some direction. Tell me what to do. So the word governance has been perverted. Uh, I guess you could say. So I guess the question is, so we've got governance at the very, very, very highest levels at a very, you know, widespread kind of 50,000 foot view of the organization. And then there's a gap. And then there's governance from the highest levels of IT down to the rest of IT. That's what I'm hearing you say. That's gap two, though. That's gap two. Yeah, there's a gap at the top as well, George. The, the board doesn't have somebody who has who has the IT portfolio. There's no subcommittee of the board that's an IT subcommittee. This, I'm not saying this is everywhere, but it's just, it is an endemic problem that if you go to the board level and say, what is the board's strategy for information technology in this organization? They'll say, I don't know, go and ask the CIO. He's got some ISSP thing, he'll tell you. Okay, so how do we fix this, guys? Oh, actually, so sorry, can I, so just another analogy to help clarify that is that one of the biggest symptoms of this problem is shadow IT. And, 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 and so, and, and shadow IT is, is seen as, um, so there's two sorts of shadow IT, I think. I think the word's been used in a couple of ways. There's, there's IT where it's just distributed. And so the IT department says, yes, I think it's a good idea that this business unit has its own IT and they have my blessing and we're working together on that. And that's just distributed IT. But the other kind of, the way that the term shadow IT is used is for uh, what I like to call dark IT, right? You know, is, is, the, is stealth IT. It's IT where the department just goes and does something. And, and the, you know, if you look at the way that that is regarded by the community outside of IT, you know, if the marketing department goes out and, and, and just goes and gets some company to build a website and puts it all up and IT goes, what, what, wait, where did that come from? It doesn't meet any of our standards. The general reaction is good on you, marketing, for having the initiative to get around those IT people and go and get a result. Those well done. damn IT people. Yeah, yeah right. that's seen positively. But now, now, so here's my analogy. Instead, everywhere where I said IT, substitute finance. So marketing department says, we want a website. And the CFO says, we can't afford it. You can't have any money. And marketing goes, oh, it's not a problem. We'll just go and get a credit card from the bank and we'll run up $30,000 debt on the credit card and we'll build a website. That's not seen in quite the same way. Way to go, yeah. marketing. That would, that would be a career <laughs> limiting move, right? I think so. You know, if you did that with money, you'd be fired. But if you do it with IT, everyone goes, good on you. What's that about? That's because IT is not governed in the same way that money is. Would you agree, Troy? I would totally agree. 
we have no parents over the IT resource distributed across the organization. And that's your we the people enterprise governance of IT that you're talking about. Yeah, so we, you know, we were talking about COVID earlier, and I had some conversations with some folks at ISAC, and they're struggling with the same thing. The audience which is taking this COVID course, which was designed for the instruction of senior managers and how to do the we the people thing, is not being attended by that group of people. It's the auditors who are measuring compliance. Mm. And there's this conversation, are we having to change the name? Uh, is is the word governance even the right word because you know, it's been so misused or misaligned. So we're, we have a few minutes left, but I, I want to focus this towards some sort of conclusion. So I want to know how to fix this. What, what was you, you talked about this with really smart people for a whole day. You had to come up with something. In my mind, we have to create, uh, we have to think of it from a value stream perspective. We have to think of it from the plan, build, run. I'd like to throw demand on the front of that. Well, not silo. We have to think about this as horizontal value generation capability. This is where lean comes in, by the way. And when we think about it from that perspective, we start to think of greater context of we, the people. So right now, it might be we global operations. <laughs> Eventually, can we be we information technology or services even better, even though that may not all be under the purview of the CIO? Can we think about we, the people, in that context? How do we grow the context of we the people and move from city-state to empire, where it's federated governance. We agree that there are some commonalities for the good of people, the good of, of, of life, work-life balance, and the good of policy, but we also agree where variants should occur in the various departments and or regions. But there's a decision about that, that we operate like a federated model with a Senate with representation from each of the bodies involved in the we. And so that has to be instantiated across the organization. Uh, you know, so there are various ways to do that. Some sort of IT steering group across the whole organization with all the um, direct reports to the CEO on it, you know, every departmental head, that sort of level of body um, that, that, that does the, the, Roman the we the people, yeah. the federation, the common roads. And and, and some sort of portfolio on the board where if you go to the board and say, what do you think about IT? There's somebody there who has the answer, just like they have a finance subcommittee, right? And so one of the things we talked about in the think tank, which I think is a key thing, is what COVID calls triggers. But, you know, the old never let a good crisis go to waste. So there are opportunities to bring these things to the attention of the governors. There are opportunities to say, so either it's a crisis, so the, the proverbial hits the fan and everyone's running around and when the dust settles, the board says, this must never happen again. And, and the CIO says, well, funny you should mention that because in order for this never to happen again, there's certain things we need you to do in future. And look, I've got this stuff from ISACA and that, right? So there's, there's, there's a disaster as an opportunity or there are things like, any sort of discontinuity in the business. Um, we're going to have a merger. And we on the board are deeply concerned that you and IT are going to be able to execute what we want you to do and merge these two organizations at the IT level. And the CIO says, funny you should mention that. We could use a little bit of guidance and what you want in order for us to execute. And I've got the stuff here from ISAC. So, you know, there are these discontinuities, or as COVID says, triggers, which are the opportunities at which you get, you butt into the 
conversation to try and explain the the, the analogy between finance and, and IT. I do think that I'm going to start a new business that's called Disaster as a Service. That's because that seems to be... <laughs> Generation of discontinuities on demand. Uh, I could make exactly uh, on-demand disasters. Be careful. There, are, I think there are organizations out there who already have that business model. <laughs> I know. That's kind of pretty, the high ground pretty that. scary. Yeah. Okay. So thank you very much, Rob England, the producer of the Pink Think Tank, and Troy DeMolan, the vice of vice presidents. Uh, this is practice. Practitioner Radio 64, calling it, and we're done. Bye. Bye.